Okay. Um, so this was just a request to kind of talk a little bit about pericarditis. Um, so pericarditis, there's the heart that sort of lives in the sac, and the pericardium has a visceral and a, a pericardial reflection between which there is a potential space. And normally in that space, there lives about 15 to 50 mils of, of sort of serous fluid, basically. And that sort of lubricates that space and allows the heart to slide, uh, to expand and, and allows the heart to slide easily in that space. So when that space becomes inflamed, you get pericarditis and caused by many, many different things, but um, the most common cause is idiopathic or viral causes. So may follow a respiratory or, or some sort of viral type illness um, most commonly. So some of the hallmarks of pericarditis and to actually make the diagnosis of pericarditis are, are your uh, clinical suspicions. So they have uh, inflammation in the chest that is represented by usually sharp, often pleuritic chest pain. It usually gets a little bit better if you lean forward because that sort of takes the pressure off of that pericardial reflection. Um, so it, it sometimes one of the hallmarks is that specific finding. If you have them lean forward to listen to them, they'll say that feels better. Um, subsequent other things that you want to listen for, friction rubs sound squeaky or scratchy when you listen over the left sternal border. And that is some finding that's definitely waxes and wanes. It's the classic thing when one person goes in, they hear it. The next two people go in, they don't hear it. The person goes back, they hear it again. Like, why can't you hear this? Um, so that's a really classic finding, but it definitely can come and go. Um, within that space, if you have pericarditis, you can build up fluid. So pericardial effusions can get um, to the extent that they can actually even cause tamponade. Unusual, certainly, but, but that's sort of another physical finding that you'd look for signs of tamponade. So um, basically, again, multiple different etiologies, some things to think about. People with TB, not that that's a high population for us, people with neoplasms, those, those people are, are high risk for developing pericarditis and subsequent pericardial effusions. Um, also post-operative and also post-MI, Dressler syndrome, pericarditis post-operatively, post um, or excuse me, post-MI. Uh, occasionally you'll get infectious pericarditis, so they get purulent fluid in the pericardial sac and people are sick with that, I mean really sick. So um, high fever, it's all the things you'd expect with the sepsis uh, presentation. Um, basically, a couple of things that you always do, you always get an EKG if you suspect pericarditis. You're looking for EKG changes. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, it's about a coin flip. So 60% of the time, you'll have sort of the classic EKG findings. So almost as often as not, you'll have the atypical EKG findings. But the classic EKG findings are within the first 24 hours or so, you develop ST segment elevation diffusely across the percordium with concave upward. So the opposite direction of what looks like an acute MI, and it's all leads. Oftentimes you'll have PR depression as well. So when you're looking at the ST segments, um, excuse me, the, uh, the uh, PR segments, what you want to look at is the P to T segment and use that as your baseline because otherwise you're going to have false, uh, it'll, it'll look falsely normal if you don't look carefully at the PR segment. But the PR segment can be subtle, but it's a very significant finding uh, for pericarditis. Also, um, the next phase, sort of after a couple of days, you'll get pseudonormalization, so your EKG could look normal even while you're having active pericarditis. Third phase is T-wave inversions, and then fourth phase is either persistent T-wave inversions or normalization. So those are sort of the classic findings that you'll see with that. Um, another 
question that always comes up is do you have enzyme elevation so is your troponin elevated when you have pericarditis unless you have myopericarditis in a, in a pure pericarditis you actually should not have elevation of your enzymes so that's another distinguishing feature um, again you have to treat for whatever the offending agent is so if it's a bacterial infection obviously you treat that uh, if it has something to do with an autoimmune disorder or they have uh, any sort of uh, cardiac Compromise is a result of a large pericardial effusion. Obviously, you treat that, but generally, most people have pericarditis that sort of resolves over time. You treat supportively for the viral or idiopathic illness. Any questions?